0: Marco, how are you doing? Excellent, Randy. Excellent. Great to see you. Uh, well, welcome, everybody. This is episode 125 of Tech Sales Insights. Uh, really excited to have Mark Stevenson on uh, today. He's a uh, longtime friend, great uh, go-to-market expert, uh, CRO of uh, many places that have done really well. He's uh, currently a go-to-market advisor, among some other things. Today, our title topic is Go-to-Market Alignment for Efficiency and Leverage. Uh, Also, thank you to Modigi, who's a a new sponsor of Sales Community. Uh, So, appreciate Modigi being a sponsor for today. Um, They've got an awesome uh, 10-minute analysis where they use their secret sauce to help you automatically identify, cleanse, and fix inaccurate contact information inside Salesforce. So we'll talk a little bit about that later. Marcus, certainly contact data is uh, of utmost importance because if you you have good contact data, I guess you can't really sell. Uh, So anyway, and also for those that are members of Sales Community, thank you so much. Uh, For those that are not, you can uh, uh, click on the link that Tucker has there, uh, salescommunity.com slash springfree. So lots of great content there to help you learn more and sell more. So I've known Mark, I think we've been trying to figure it out about 23 years. So back when I, although your forehead gets, is getting bigger and bigger, I guess I, guess I shouldn't talk, but <laughs> yeah. I think I had some, some hair uh, back, back then. We're all uh, watching raw. more forehead. There you go. Mark lives in uh, San Francisco. Um, and besides work and family, he is an amazingly uh, passionate aficionado of vintage motorcycles and cars. Uh, the, the trip you just had the, to the UK to pick up your uh, custom wheels there—that was that had to be a great experience. It was awesome. Uh, so cool. So um, as uh, those that know you know, you went to uh, UCLA. You are a proud Bruin. Uh, so maybe uh, tell us uh, what was your uh, job out of uh, UCLA, and then uh, maybe quickly go through your uh, career track.
1: Yeah, out of, out of UCLA, I sold typewriters in Century City uh, for Xerox. Uh, I found out that doing more calls every day gave me a better probability of selling, so I did it. Yeah. And, uh, many years uh, at, at Xerox, sales leadership, and then uh, general management role in Chicago. But, uh, you know, my career like, half the time in very large companies like Cisco and HP, uh, global enterprise sales, uh, perfecting it, multiproduct sales. Uh, but the last half really in early stage firms. And uh, I've got an approach about how to really build consistent uh, execution. And uh, that's part of the blog series we're working on. Excellent. So the, uh, the, the
0: first blog was uh, why ICP is so critical and uh, We have uh, Tucker. I didn't compliment him. So Tucker behind the scenes as always is helping. So Tucker, I don't know if you're able to find those and pull pull them up at all. Uh, The second blog that had already been posted is uh, how to hire top talent. Certainly something that is very crucial. And the recent one that we're going to be talking about today is uh, go to market alignment. One team, one go to market for efficiency and leverage. Uh, e- excellent piece for sure. and then as a uh, upcoming uh, uh, surprise I guess not a surprise uh, your blog number four is a priority around aligning metrics and building the right revOps stack for your business. so uh, be on the lookout for that one. So um, I guess jumping right in uh, in this kind of tight you know I guess having a great go to market engine is always important but probably especially
1: in this tight economy, right? It is. It's funny how uh, with gray hair, uh, what's old is new again. And I've always thought the true north is what's your ideal customer profile. That helps everything. Right. And, And that is the centerpiece. That's how you get efficiency and how you can really drive leverage. And it certainly is applicable in this economy we're in now. But I'd say it's always applicable to have that kind of focus.
0: Awesome. And then uh, being,
1: uh, as you mentioned on the ICP side, uh, being aligned
0: to an uh, ICP is cornerstone to your approach. Uh, But I heard you say the other day that the notion of a, the the notion that a customer is dead. Uh, What what do you
1: mean by that? How can a customer be dead? (laughs) Well, sometimes I'm prone to stretch a point to make one. Uh, And the idea is, if you, the real, the customer metaphor is really dead because it belies a technology sale where you would sell a professional, <coughs> you'd be all about getting the the deal and you'd pass paper through a partner, probably more of a fulfillment partner versus a value added reseller. And they were accountable for going getting the customer to adopt a solution. And if you take that approach, and I think a lot of people still kind of take that approach, you are in big trouble in SaaS. Because the metaphor goes from customer. It's all about the user. You can't get usage. You are not going to get the NDR you need for your business. You're not going to grow. And so that metaphor is is the, is the change. You go from customer to a user concept. Gotcha.
0: And then uh, in tracking users, there's obviously a whole bunch of kind of metrics and things there that you need to do. Um, do you think, uh, I would imagine, kind of, Current newer age SaaS companies do probably a probably great job of tracking it. And probably some of the legacy, I'll call it on prem players that are making that migration, probably really struggle with that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't really think everybody struggles with that micro focus that you really need to have around usage. Uh, there's, a, there's actually a great book uh, on this topic that I would encourage everybody to read. It's called How to Grow a Profitable SaaS Subscription Business. Uh, it's a technology sas playbook uh, by lay and wood and they really talk about you you need four customer strategies and it sounds simple but you really want to align everything around these and the first is what's your what's your approach to adopting uh, the right icp customer and the right icp customer has the biggest need will expand with you and you can build a great business around it so Really focus your entire go-to-market around the adoption of high high users that are really great and profitable for your business. Um, that land first strategy, that's all the new logo. But then second, how do you adopt? How do you get the customer to adopt uh, that solution? It has to be a very focused uh, cross-functional practice. And then what are your motions to, to expand thereafter? And if you do those three things... You still need a retention strategy and an approach, but you really want to optimize around those four focus areas, land, adopt, expand, renew, and make sure your processes, uh, your approach, your incentives all hit those four focus areas.
0: Yeah. And then what about how does the concept of kind of product market fit uh, come into play here? Because obviously, if something is, you know, for lack of better words, you know, kind of sells itself. That's one dynamic, but then certainly a lot of times people get you know brought in um, to help on the sales side because it's you know things are struggling, and a lot of times CEOs don't want to be told that their you know kids ugly for lack of better words.
1: Yeah, Uh, I stole a concept from Looker that got by Google that I think is really again what is old is new. Um, It's called Value One, and the idea is. Let's take the land. I want to I want focus and I want to land the right uh, first customer. I think, you know, in the past 10 years where everything was up and to the right, even a, you know, even a turkey can fly in a tornado. Uh, but you got to get down to why people buy now because there's a CFO on the other side of every order agreement. You got to think that way. And so value one is the concept of, hey, what's the metric? that sucks for them today? What's the real need? What's the pain around it? What is a what is metric that exposes that current pain? And then what would the metric need to be if the investment uh, would be uh, good, be a good return? And so it's current state, desired state. What's that singular value one metric that if they buy your solution, they're gonna get that improvement? And that that's a really great organizing principle for product markets fit because it's it's not hey we're gonna improve rep productivity that's too high level to figure out product market fit it might be we need to improve an AE's ability to get uh meetings that turn into pipeline that could be valuable um and it's interesting I was talking to David Schneider actually who is a a longtime CRO of ServiceNow and he's at KOTU he said with PLG actually you know, every, you know, easy come, easy go. If uh, if yeah. there's no friction on the way in, you don't really know why they bought, and there's no friction on the way out. So a lot of PLG companies are really struggling with retention rates, and they don't have a signal for what their value was of the solution. So value one is, I think, a really defining concept around that, and you can organize uh, all the way through. Like for the land, what's the value one for uh, customers? their usage. And if they use more, that's only, that's only uh, good. And when you hand off to customer success, they better be ado- getting the customer adopting to that value one. And the CS team ought to be validating the value one. And not until you've delivered value one, so says the customer, have you earned the right to talk about value two, which would be where you can expand. And if you really lock that in, retention's going to happen. Yeah, if you think the, about it. Go ahead. Good. in the In the uh, enterprise space, what
0: do you, What do you think is the uh, kind of ROI these days that people are looking for? Uh,
1: talking about value. Yeah, it's obvious. It, it's inside twelve months. <laughs> Nobody's okay. going to go for anything longer than that. If not, if not a quarter and. Uh, right. Everybody trying to consolidate vendors. You better have a 10x improvement around it. You know, this value one concept where have we heard this before? It's the M and Medic metric. What's the metric of right. improvement?
0: Totally. We had a John McMahon on a month or so ago, the father, or Godfather of a medic or MedPick now. So it definitely was fascinating. So uh, moving on here. So what about organizationally? Any tips aligning the go-to-market functions around the customer journey? You know, typically people are you know stovepipe by functional area, but I think you've got a concept aligning more around the customer.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's an old idea again, but it's the first thing I would urge every CRO to do is. It's this kind of this idea of staple yourself to a suspect uh, and then later staple yourself to a customer. But early days, you know, what's the path that an MQL would take from marketing to being validated as an SQO? How does that SQO, which is pipeline by definition, go into how do you demonstrate capability for a demo or a POC? What's that process like? Um, really, really understand that that whole process all the way to technical win. Don't, don't pay a rep on a win until value one is really defined so that you can really drive adoption. What's that kickoff like that you have for the customer? Onboarding, customer training, all the way through to customer NBRs and QBRs. To, and you want to make sure that path is efficient. The handoffs are really well known. You know, and use an old concept like RACI, you know, who's responsible for each step, who's accountable, who's consulted versus informed uh, around that process. And uh, you really got to, if you define that process, you'll find bottlenecks, you'll find inefficiencies. And that's the best place to add technology, by the way, is once you really understand the process. Otherwise, you're just going to use technology to speed up a bad process and do the wrong things quicker. There you go.
0: And, um, I I forgot that earlier. So anybody that's watching along, feel free to comment, ask any questions. You got Tucker behind the scenes that will uh, pull them forward. So, uh, Look forward to uh, any, any of your participation. So you, you talked about stapling yourself to a suspect and a, a prospect, but also there'd be value in doing it, I would imagine, for somebody that's uh, an expansion kind of supersize opportunity and also kind of a re- retention-based
1: opportunity, correct? Yeah, definitely. Uh, leading customer success I've had in the past. You know, CS teams, customer success team, you know, sometimes it, it it's like renewal management. Um, I don't think that pencils in the new economy uh, customer success teams versus new logo teams and account managers. It can't be one's a second class citizen versus the other. It's just, if you, if you embrace this value, one idea around use cases, the new logo team is finding value one, but the customer success team should be finding um, validating value one, but finding value two and three and four and driving that as expansion. So, We really, you know, we really looked at customer success teams, um, forecasting in Salesforce, um, really uh, driving pipeline for value to expansions. And you get this malarkey around, well, that'll break the trust if we're selling. No, if you're focused on usage, isn't it a good thing for a customer to be using your solution with more? Different areas. See, you got to debunk that kind of thing, and that's how you get net dollar retention greater than one hundred twenty percent. Is having a team focused on those expansions. But again, you have to map that customer journey um, from the kickoff all the way through expansion renewals, and and you got to have playbooks for your CS team. What if I have a low usage, high value customer versus low and low, and and map those strategies out. So that just like in new logo sales, it's automatic and what to do. Yeah, totally. Uh, And then what's the
0: fee in your kind of uh, desired state? What's the feedback mechanism on the product side? If things need to be tweaked and updated, how does that get back into engineering and product marketing?
1: Yeah, there's multiple approaches around that. One is I do, uh, we do a cross and my companies I work with is do a cross-functional MBR where product sales, uh, customer success are all, all working around the same metrics and looking at the same metrics. And that, that really makes sure that, uh, you're looking at what are the requests for feature enhancements. There's always customers behind it. Uh, it's always in Salesforce. Otherwise it doesn't matter. Uh, I need a customer, I need dollars behind the feedback that we're talking about from a product standpoint. Also, there's a great company I've used in the past called Closed, and they do analysis of your wins and losses, and you get unbelievably tight data uh, around uh, customer sentiment on product as well. A couple ideas there. Well, very cool, for sure. and then, so talking about uh, talking about M-
0: MQLs, and there's always kind of debate with marketing, right? You know, MQL and marketing and sales. MQLs, to SQLs marketing textbook has their kind of bonus based on the MQL stuff. Some of the time, not all the time. Sales says, "Well, hey, th- those leads suck because they not they're not really converting. So there should be some tie in there. So kind of given that marketing and sales sometimes can be at odds. Kind of, How do you uh, kind of improve the collaboration there uh, with sales and marketing?
1: Yeah. This one I really thought about a lot is you need to be in cahoots with the CEO to set cross-functional corporate measures. Because otherwise, if you don't, everybody's just going to sub-optimize for their function. When you say you, you're saying you as a CRO. Yeah. As a CRO, you need to be locked in with the executive team that you need cross-functional metrics. In the absence of that, people want to succeed, so they're going to use their own metrics for their own group. So an example, I'll give you an example of bad versus good metrics. Marketing, uh, you know, if, if otherwise, they're going to optimize in MQLs. Who cares about the lead unless the lead actually converts? And so what I would say is the marketing goal is an SQO. But well, wait a minute, that's dependent on the AE following up on the uh, on the lead. Yep. That's right. And now you have a closed loop. Right. These are actually driving success, right? So that, that, that's a good example. And the BDR, this one's very contested, by the way. Is the BDR hold them accountable for meetings? No. That's, a, that's an activity measure for sure. But hold them accountable for meetings that turn into SQOs, pipeline. There's that interdependency between the BDR and the AAE as an example. You know, another one would be the AE. Well, sell any deal. All revenue is good. No, 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 no. Only the deal that's going to actually, the customer is going to adopt and expand. The best gift you can give your customer success teams is new logos that actually really need what you have. (laughs) So it's, it's selling to your ICP and having a clear understanding of the value one is the metric, not just a new deal right and then customer success you know the idea of users man i could i've i've seen so many times when users are really high but they still don't renew because you never really got the value one with that customer so that's the metric for cs it ain't users it ain't how many people showed up daily weekly monthly on your platform it's are they getting the value out of it